Hello, 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 and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So today's episode is, I've done bits and pieces on this and I've kind of stuck it into various different episodes in the past and I want to make sure that it's kind of looked at and I know it's something that a lot of people can struggle with, unfortunately, uh, thanks to a lot of different reasons. So before I go any further, I want to say a massive thank you to everyone who has listened to any episode of the podcast, who has downloaded an episode, shared it with a friend, reviewed, whatever it may be. So if you can please continue to review the podcast up on Spotify or up on iTunes, it would be really greatly appreciated because the more that you do that, the more it grows, the more no-nonsense stuff that gets put out there and proper evidence-based stuff. So today's episode is in around the topic of food guilt. And food guilt is one of those things that it can serve a purpose, but it may not serve the purpose that you believe. So one of the things I'm going to talk about is how to kind of reduce it and get rid of it. But one of the big sentences that I kind of use with my own clients is you learn food guilt from somewhere. So that means you can unlearn it. And food guilt is very, very common. Unfortunately, way too common. And it can steal the enjoyment, the experience of actually eating out with friends, family, with your kids, that ice cream you're having, the chocolate they're having, the wine they're having, whatever it may be. But not only that, it can actually take away us from the experience in our own ability to enjoy things and it can take us away from what we actually truly value it can take us away from identifying what feels good to us in the moment we end up losing trust in what we want we end up losing trust in how we want our bodies to work for us and this may or may not sound familiar but one of the things that kind of can happen is a similar a kind of a, an example of a sentence would be i find myself obsessing over food and this results in overeating so-called sin foods or pleasure foods such as chocolates when I'm not even hungry and then feeling guilty because we need to look at it from a point of view of you're the best person to decide what and when and how much your body needs not the food police so I'm going to kind of bring in what food guilt is how to get rid of it and how to have a better relationship with things. So we need to look at what a definition of food guilt is. So if I open up the dictionary, a definition of food guilt is a noun. The the fact or state of having committed an offence, crime, violation or wrong, especially against moral or penal law. Culpability, he admitted his guilt, a feeling of responsibility or remorse for some offence, crime, wrong, etc., whether real or imagined. So the reason we can feel food guilt is the sense of having broken something or having committed a crime. So what I want you to think about, I want you to step away from things a little bit. And when we get food guilt, it's often led by emotion. Logic seems to go out the window very quickly when it comes to food. And when we have food, because it's something that we all enjoy, it's something that's been around us for so long and we seek it as a comfort, Are you really committing a crime by simply eating food? So here's a typical example. 
I find myself obsessing over food, which results in overeating pleasure foods such as chocolate, even though I'm not hungry, and then feeling guilty. So if we look at that as an example, they felt the the crime that was committed was eating when not hungry. So this person is experiencing food guilt because they have broken a perceived rule. And is this the reason you're not, you're feeling, sorry, is this the reason you're feeling food guilt as well? And then you might be thinking, but if I didn't have rules or guidelines, how would I know how to eat exactly or how to eat healthily? The problem is these rules can be so, so, so deeply ingrained in your psyche that we just can't spot them that we've accepted them and lived by them for so long and these parameters that we feel that have served us and it can be really difficult to move away from feeling guilty. But remember, it you was taught to you and you've learned it, therefore you can unlearn it. If you look at listing out maybe five of the foods that you have food rules about it right now. So think about don't eat after a certain time, carbohydrates, sweeteners, not having anything fatty and maybe it's something to do with no chocolate in the house they're the five rules so what happens if you actually number those in ranking order of most difficult to break sorry most sorry easiest to break to most difficult to break one to five so for example say you take that the number one the one that's easiest to break is the no eating after 7 p.m. Okay. The first thing you need to ask yourself is, is there any scientific evidence to support your food rule? My guess would be no. Does this food rule sound realistic and or sustainable? And you'll think of like, is it is it aiding me? Is it realistic that I can actually stick to this for a long time and I'm going to do it every single evening? No. Can you logically find fault in this food rule? And the answer most of the time is yes. So you've just disproven your food rule yourself. So how do you break it even further? You slowly bring that food in. You have that food or you break, have eat past 6 or 7 p.m. But a lot of people will say this whole sentence of, but surely we need food rules to ensure we eat healthily. And it's important to note that health just isn't about what we eat. It's about having a healthy relationship with food too. So if we're riddled with food guilt after eating certain foods, stress levels are going to be high, which isn't going to be healthy either. And it can make sense to have guidelines to provide some sort of gentle education around nutrition. But however, the fad diet world has done more than this and has ruined this for an awful lot of people. It can impose quite rigid rules for people and ideas about what, when and how much we should eat. And this can make us feel that we're addicted to foods like sugar. You're not addicted to sugar. No matter how well you actually mean it or how well meaning it might be, but it can actually do more harm than good for a lot of people. And it's totally possible to not quit sugar and still be healthy. Think about it. What's your definition of healthy eating right now? My guess is no processed food, no sugar, X, Y, or Z. But if you actually look at what the definition of processed food is, it's something that is hasn't been touched and is probably in its 
original state. There aren't many foods that haven't been processed. There's probably a four or five that we can name that haven't been processed in some shape or form. They either haven't had something added to them or they're in their original state. The food rules and the problem with them is that they can reduce rebellion eating. It's like they can induce, not reduce, induce rebellion eating. And this is that voice that comes into your head and your psyche when you break that rule. The voice that says, you can't tell me what to do. Or I can, so I will. And it's usually, or I, I've been good today, so I'm going to have all of this. I'm fact this anyway. Don't tell me what to do. I don't want to deal with my emotions today, so I'm going to do it this way. But it's usually not attuned to hunger or fullness. And it's so it's quite intense, rebellious and not even satisfying. Because it's usually about making a statement to yourself or to an individual. So you've probably learned that from somewhere in your childhood of being told you couldn't have something. So when you feel under threat or scared or stressed or emotional in any way, you are like, feck this. I'm going to prove that person wrong, so I'm going to have this food anyway. And that's your way to deal with that emotion. It can really, really kind of result in kind of like the sodish mentality. So when you're, maybe an example is maybe you have more than two squares of chocolate, for example, and think of like, I feck it. That's me ruined in the day. And dieters tend to evaluate their success or failures of eating in terms of the current day. Even just thinking that you have violated a food rule is enough to trigger eating more, regardless of hunger or fullness. But you're taking on a daily basis. You're not taking it as a weekly or monthly. So if you were actually look at, get a calendar in front of you and look at 30 days or 31 days, whatever month it is, when you're listening to this. If you look at how many days you've maybe overeaten in that 30 or 31 days, I would be surprised if it's very high. And then you'll be like, well, I've ruined everything. It's like, have you ruined everything or have you been majority of the time been adherent? 60, 70, 80% adherent. That's still, still pretty solid expectations, still pretty solid adherence. But most people set themselves an un fair expectation of themselves to be adherent at 100% all the time every time without without moving off that and that promotes inflexibility and it doesn't account for varying needs of what you need it's just like our emotional needs vary day to day our hunger levels vary day to day and what brings us joy what brings us pleasure there is no such thing as perfect perfect is the inability to accept that you are human there will be days that you overeat. There will be days that you emotionally eat. That's what makes you human. If it's happening more and more and more and more, then, then, then there might be an emotional avoidance issue. It's not a food issue. It's an emotional avoidance issue. Either not knowing how to deal with the emotion or not wanting to deal with the emotion. But if you actually zoom out on a calendar month, how many days have you been adherent to what you've been trying to do? Adherent, adherent doesn't mean restrictive. It's adherent of have you, uh, what have you set out to do? Not by a set of rules or standards, but what have you set out by to do by a, limit, a number of tasks? And the, the irony of thought suppression is something that's really, really 
Interesting. So if you think about it this way, if I told you to not think of a pink elephant right now, my guess is you're thinking of a pink elephant. And that's exactly what happens when we try not to eat something because we've been told not to by a set of rules or standards that you have created. And a large body of research indicates that thought suppression is ineffective. You're relying on willpower, which is a finite resource. You're relying on your mood. You're relying on drive. You're relying on motivation. You're relying on an awful lot of different external factors rather than actually looking internal and looking at the internal factors and saying, right, what do I need right now? What emotional need is going on with me right now? And this can lead into the forbidden fruit effect. And there's a lot of research on children that have identified that we can, that when we tell them not to eat that specific food. Think of it like red M&Ms, for example. The red M&Ms receive the most attention and consumption. So if you were, there's research done on this with M&Ms. So if you tell the kids, have a bowl in front of them of M&Ms and tell the kid not to have the red M&Ms, what are they going to do? They're going to have that forbidden fruit effect and they're going to eat more red M&Ms because our eyes go to it straight away. The same goes when you tell the children not to eat the fruit. This means that it's not just a fact that it's related to highly processed food or sugary foods. It's the forbidden factor that, that, that drives us the way that we want to eat the food. And this can almost inter- counteract what we want to try and do, which is end up overeating. And restraint dieters and yo-yo dieters are out there are more likely to overeat at their perception of breaking that food rule. And studies have identified that the more perception of the blowing rule was enough to result in eating past cold, um, eating past fullness or comfortable. So how do we actually get away from it? There's seven things. Number one is unlearning. Number two is relearning why there is no reason to feel food guilt. Number three is challenging. Number four is time. Number five is patience. Number six is self-compassion. And number seven is repeat. So you need to have this mantra in your head. You learn to feel food guilt, therefore you can unlearn it. So a really, really useful thing that we need to do is we need to challenge the food police or the internal dialogue or the internal food police that you have. And one of the activities that we can do is identifying your food rules. So what might help you right now is getting a pen and paper and actually trying to help yourself to try and identify them. So one of the big things I would say is it's impossible to know what you're working with if you don't know explicitly what the rules are in your head. And this will take time. This will probably take another ep- another chance to listen to it and, and whatever it may be. And I would strongly encourage you to write them down if it's something that you struggle with. If it's something that your clients struggle with, there's something in the power of actually writing these down in front of you. And I always say to clients, about kind of writing out things and it's putting it in black and white or whatever color pen and paper it is and it's allowing them to see it right in front of them they're kind of like holy crap i didn't realize there was this x y or z or this food or x y and z so some of the ones that you can use down are do you have any rules around snacking what about time of the day is it okay to eat do you look at calories to determine what you eat What about rules around drinks? And are there any foods that you try to avoid? So number one is, do you have rules around snacking? Like, do you limit yourself? Do you limit the foods? Write it out. What time of the day 
is it okay to eat? Do you limit yourself to certain times? Do you say you can't eat after this time, not eat before this time, intermittent fasting, etc. Do you look at calories to determine what you eat? Do you always go for slim bagels or do you go for low fat or only go for protein things or do you only go for low calorie options? And what about rules around drinks? Do you go for caffeine free, sugar free, diet drinks, all these kind of different things? Or are there any foods that you try to avoid? when you're out and about obviously I'm not talking about a general I'm not talking about proper proper intolerances or allergies to foods I'm talking about foods that you try to avoid because you don't trust yourself around them so challenging the food rules can really really help to actually remove that guilt and I remember talking to a client and they kind of mentioned to me and I've shared this story after after asking for permission they said to me that they followed a slimming, a certain slimming club plan uh, on and off for kind of a long time and never really getting anywhere. And it's kind of stuck in my head. I have days that where I feel guilty for eating bad or good foods and which are not considered okay on that certain slimming club offering or plan and just go down this rabbit hole of continuing to eat badly so what's the point in doing this anymore? So when I this was a very early on conversation with this particular client. And the only real way to navigate this and to move away from food guilt is to challenge the rules that you've picked up along the way. But when you challenge them, you get to discover for yourself what feels good for you rather than have someone decide them for you. Because ultimately all food should be guilt free. You can't fail food. Food isn't a test. So write out the rules like I said already. Write out those five food rules and start with the easy rule that feels less scary. Take a look at where this rule came from. Is it backed up by science? Is it something that you've learned from a personal trainer or someone, some ass hat that's giving you niche nutritional advice? So an example would be carbs are bad. I should not have them past 12 p.m. even if I crave them. So questions to ask yourself here. Should I never really eat carbs past 12 p.m.? Aren't there times in the day when I do in fact eat a lot of carbs? And how do I feel when I don't eat carbs in the day? So let's actually bring that back and reframe it. So my past experiences would mean that that demonstrate to me that when I try not to eat carbs past 12 p.m., I have very little energy. I find myself eating more. I find myself eating more of these foods that I've told myself not allowed to have. And I tend to eat myself, I tend to eat more in the evening anyway. So if we look at it from a point of view with the reflection, your past experiences demonstrate that when you add carbs into your life throughout the day and in the afternoons, you have more control and you feel better. So that's a positive reinforcement. So if you look at it, look at look at those questions to ask yourself about carbs. Should I never really eat carbs past 12 p.m.? Aren't there times in the day when I do in fact eat a lot of carbs? And how do I feel about when I don't eat carbs in the day? We've reframed it. Your past experiences tell you that you've had little energy, you overeat on things in the night anyway, even you avoid that rule or you don't, obey by that rule that you've set 
and your reflection on it saying that when you do add carbs into your life, you've more energy, you're better able to adhere, and you are eating more regularly, so you feel in more control. But then what's going to happen here is you say, well, what happens if I feel out of control? And a natural response to deprivation and restriction is to feel out of control. And that's why it's really, really important to go into this with an actual safety blanket on. And the safety blanket is full of a lot of self-compassion, rest, sleep, not being too hungry, having regular meals, honoring yourself, challenging yourself and being and creating a safe environment. This will take time. It can take time. And it's expected that your brain may have conflicting messages. They may, may ramp up and say, what happens if I wait, gain weight? You may have a diet brain telling you to restrict. That's the only way to do it. It's the, the way you have to do it is to stick to a, a, a kind of a strict set of rules whilst you're challenging. That's completely normal. It, would be, it, it, it wouldn't be normal if you've been living your life by these rules and then all of a sudden you stop doing them or trying to start challenging them. Your brain's protecting you. It's doing you. A, it's trying to do you a favor. It's trying to do you a solid. But the more and more you actually challenge the rules that aren't actually serving you, the more judgmental thoughts will dissipate over time. And this takes time. It takes patience. It takes lack of judgment against yourself. But it's important that if you are struggling with this, which I would encourage everyone who's going through this, is to work with someone with this. I would advise not to be doing it on your own. So the big thing is you've learned food guilt. It can be caused by a sense of breaking a rule. With some gentle education around nutrition, that can help. It can, unfortunately, fad diets and things that people go for inflict more guidelines and more rules. So I know when clients tend to ask me of like, what should I have? It's like, well, what do you want to have? I'm not sure what you should have. What do you want to have? And they list out things and kind of like, they're great. So they're figuring out for themselves. There's no point in me. They're looking for me to rigid them. They're looking for me to set a rule of guidelines for them. But rather than me setting a rule of guidelines for them, which is what they do already for themselves, they're projecting onto me. But me telling you what to eat won't solve anything for you. It will exacerbate the problem. Because if you can't match up to that expectation of yourself, given that it's been given to you by a nutritionist or a dietitian, well, then I'm the failure or the person themselves may feel that they're the failure, that they can't stick to anything. But maybe it wasn't a certain way of learning or teaching that was going to suit you. That's why I don't, pardon the pun, spoon feed my clients. I make them do the work. I make them challenge things. It can be tiring. I'm not going to say it can't be. But it's something that it will break that rebellious streak. It will break that loss of control. It will have autonomy. It will be a two-way learning method. Because if I tell someone to do something, that rebellious streak can kind of come in. And then if they rebel against that, they might feel like they're on the naughty step. The positive thing about food guilt is you've learned these things. So you can unlearn them. And when you're clear on what the rules they actually are, you can start to challenge them one by one. And with this safety blanket of compassion, lack of judgment, time, patience, you can do it. I've seen it happen over and over and over again. And it might be worth investing in yourself and actually getting guidance and help around it. 
it might be that you need to go and talk to a psychologist or a therapist to try and get to the real nitty gritty of it. But what I wouldn't advise someone in this situation is going to the whole Diet Starts Monday mentality of going to another Slimming Club meeting. Or it wouldn't be to go on another quick fix diet. You've lost weight before. But what's the one or two things that you have and never addressed? It's relationship with food, self-worth. It's how you feel about yourself. You've never really addressed those. Food isn't the issue. It's the inflexibility in your thought process. It's the inflexibility in the food rules that are protecting you from how you feel about yourself. You can do it. So if you want help with this, pop us a message, pop us a DM, click on the link below and we can book in a free call.